Welcome to CX and Chill, the real raw customer experience podcast from Exo Studios, a division of ExtendOps. Today, your host, Stephanie Todd, interviews Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, and Pat Leon, VP of Customer Experience at Warner Brothers Discovery. Join this awesome trio as they talk about building seamless marketing and CX teams, the importance of a one-team mindset, and their favorite shows. Enjoy. So as a consumer, you may watch, um, I don't know if I'm making it up, The White Lotus at night, and then the day after, you may want to watch Fixer Upper because there's just different sides of you, and you're in different moods, and you have different needs, right? And that's totally cool. And we want to embrace that, but we embrace it, not but, we embrace it by giving you the best for each of those moods. And we can say that with really high confidence because we have iconic franchises across all categories, drama, movies, dogs, uh, unscripted, across all of them. Hi, I'm Stephanie Todd, your host of CX and Chill. We're here today with Warner Brothers Discovery, Patrizio, Pato, Spagnoletto, and Pat, if you want to introduce yourself to VP of Customer Experience. Hi everyone, Pat Leon here, um, in charge of customer experience. We take care of our customers every single day. And Pato, as you mentioned, head of marketing for streaming at what WBD, HBO Max, and Discovery Plus. Nice. And we are where today? Outside, what do you see? We are in Hollywood. You can't really see it, but <laughs> there is the Capitol Records building behind us, uh, heart of Hollywood. And uh, over that hill is actually the uh, Warner Brothers lot. Nice. Which is about getting ready to celebrate our 100th year anniversary. So really exciting. Okay. What really are you guys going to do for the anniversary? Oh, a lot. A lot. Yeah. We can't tell you, but a lot. Oh, come on. <laughs> Usually marketing at least gives us a glimpse into it. No, there's a, there's a lot of activities happening on the lot for employees okay. with our with our CEO and executive teams. So I've heard a couple of surprises, but I actually don't even know what they are. So we're just excited. Okay. It's going to be next Tuesday. Oh, next years. Tuesday. And you even get to be surprised on Tuesday. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Awesome. And I don't think you can see it, but there's a little bit of the Hollywood sign right behind the white building, like around there. Right yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so with the 100th anniversary, the brand has changed a lot. So what has that looked like over time and where you are now with the 100 years? Like lots of lots of names now that are big names that are now incorporated into one. Yeah. I mean, look, Warner Brothers started, as I said, 100 years ago from the actual Warner Brothers who were pioneers in movie making. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they pioneered audio uh, and you fast forward to now and under the brand, you have not just Warner Brothers Theatrical, but television, mm-hmm. uh, streaming, HBO, um, Discovery with the merger from last year. So it's a collection of assets that are some of the best assets in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's grown over the past years and into a company that is today. And uh, I would say that Pat and I feel very lucky to be part of it. Yeah, that's great. And what's your favorite show right now? Like what's something that's really exciting that's different? I know that there was House of Dragon. What are some of the new upcoming things or things that are happening right now that people are excited about with the brand? So on uh, HBO Max, we just finished uh, The Last of Us, which was a uh, miniseries that uh, was off of a video game. Uh, I'm not a gamer, so I did not play with it, but it was very good. It did extremely well for us. And uh, look, one of the more fun things about being part of this company is that we get to participate in shows that are literally culture moving. If you think about House of the Dragon, which is a prequel to Game of Thrones, if you think about The White Lotus, uh, The Last of Us, Succession, which just the final season premiered uh, a couple nights ago, just incredible shows. And then you go down on the library on Discovery Plus and some of the uh, 
titles like 90 Day Fiance, Fixer Upper, The Property Brothers, you know, completely different, but still very much um, leaders in their own right. And uh, Pat and I get to sit kind of in the middle of all of them and help consumers discover and fall in love with this content. So it's a lot awesome. of fun. Yeah. And Pat came from the Warner side and you came from the Discovery side. How has that been as you guys have all started working together? Between Pat and I? Yeah. Well, you guys are like Pat squared. We said <laughs> or Pat to you. Or... Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, Pat, what do you think? How's it been? <laughs> I, I think we're starting to hit our stride. You know, I mean, it's... There are, there are a lot of people coming together, so a lot of different styles, but I feel like now we're really starting to get into it. Um, and especially with some of the, the new products on the horizon, um, you're really going to start to see that coming out. Wonderful. And so one of the things that we've talked about before, too, is so you have like traditionally marketing was something that owned websites and there wasn't really as much interaction with websites and customers 20 years ago. And now that's where customers are interacting with the brands. And so you see this kind of merging of marketing and the customer experience organizations where like the two of you obviously kind of bring that to fruition, which I think seems like you guys are a lot further ahead than most companies in that realm because it still seems to be a little disparate. Hmm. But how has that been going? Like what was the decision to bring those together, you know, when you're kind of talking to your company specifically? Yeah, I mean, look, we, our entire service is online, whether it's a website or a connected TV or a mobile device. That's how we interact with our customers and them with us. So our brand has to show up every single day on all of those platforms. It shows up when they decide to sign up. It shows up when they're on the platform. And it shows up when they need help. And Pat's team is a core component of that help. Um, CX came to be part of marketing, I don't know, probably like four or five months ago now. And I think it was like Pat and I were both genuinely really excited about it because mm -hmm. we both have a, a strong belief that CX when done right is an extension of the brand. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been, it's just been a really good journey since. And I think there's a lot of stuff that, you know, Pat, when she, she can give you all the details around how we think about CX from a functional perspective, but mm -hmm. um, those are the moments when people can create either really positive or negative associations with a brand. And so I'm really happy that we get to, to work together on it. So. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of Pat, if you want to dive in a little bit about what, what Pato just said, how is even, I know it's newer, right? The last four or five months, but you've been doing this for a long time. How have you seen some of those big changes happening when it comes to the overall strategy you're putting together? I, I think some of the biggest things that we've been able to, to see, again, come to life is now we're sitting so close to the brand itself. So as branding efforts come to life, we're, we're right there. So we're not at the tail end. We're honestly, oftentimes CX does kind of come up towards the tail end of preparation, but now we're right there front and center with the rest of Pato's team. So it's been able to change even our thinking. How do we approach every single conversation with our customers? So I think that foundationally has been one of the biggest shifts. Um, but I, I think beyond that, we see a lot of commonalities too, because I mean, the rest of Pato's world is so data-driven. And for CX, I mean, there's yes, there's a human component, but so much of how we're going to drive improvement, like even incremental improvement is through data. So I think in that way is just how do we start combining our data to, to achieve more? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so like, how do you measure when you're looking at the overall organization? How are you measuring the customer's happiness or satisfaction or like, especially when you're merging the two, I think it's so new. Because usually you have marketing metrics, which sometimes are still a little difficult to quantify. You know, online digital is a little bit easier than, mm -hmm. you know, if I put up a billboard, how many eyes are actually on it? What is it actually doing? But 
how are you two working together to measure and take that data to really have a better result in the end? Pat, I'll hand that off to you because I think you've been just an ambassador of this entire process and really good at it. You know, it's, I feel like it's as much art as it is science. Um, so much, it's a combination of qualitative, right? The, those customer verbatims, you really, that's where the gold is. Um, just really understanding what's the essence of what the customer is looking for. But um, we combine it with quantitative data as well. And satisfaction, yeah, there's a CSAT score at the end of each of our transaction, you know, transactional interactions. But I think beyond that, sometimes what customers aren't necessarily seeing through that, but even through other data points, you know, um, just being able to mine for insights through app store reviews, um, even in how they interact with our app, you know, you can start seeing, okay, well, maybe they're not voicing it directly, but you can see this is a, this, this looks like it's, it's potentially there's smoke, maybe not fire just yet, but there's something that we should be digging into. So um, it's really a combination of all of them and a lot of testing and learning, honestly, along the way. I think there's not really yeah. a silver bullet that we found necessarily, but definitely the collection of all of them, all of the approaches really materialized into something I think pretty, pretty wonderful. Yeah. But I think it's testing, like you're saying, it's testing, it's playing with it. It's trying to figure out what makes sense, what doesn't. And I don't think there's a true measurement on it right now that we know for sure is that that golden nugget or that silver bullet or whatever you want to call it. So it's, I think it's great that you guys have figured out a way to bring those two groups together to really figure it out whether or not it's 100% there yet, or it's like work in progress, like anything. But like, if you look at most organizations, just to like help people who are in other organizations where they're struggling to have the two groups work together, have there been things that you guys have learned of trying to get the two groups to understand each other better that have worked for you guys that you tell other organizations bringing those departments together or groups together really makes sense in terms of the customer? Yeah, look, uh, I think anything short of saying you should work with Pat, um, <laughs> the the next best part is honestly, is just information sharing. And information can look like, here's the CSAT scores. Here's what the main drivers of calls and contacts are. Here's where it feeds into product roadmaps here, how it feeds into marketing and messaging, mm -hmm. into the content strategy. So that is a very, I don't want to call it transactional, but very functional yeah. relationship that we build in the past team has built not just with marketing, but with the rest of the organization. Mm -hmm. For us, it really helps us to understand because in marketing, in some ways, we're in the business of making promises mm -hmm. and those promises need to be kept through the product experience, obviously the content and everything in between. Mm -hmm. So when we fall short because, you know, X number of subscribers can't log in because they forgot their password and they forgot their password. Um, and actually it's not that they forgot their password is because we have a single uh, entry form for email when they sign up. And mm -hmm. so if they get it wrong the first time around, guess what? They can't get back in. Past team is the team that tells us, hey, maybe you should have a double entry form for emails sure. so that customers make sure they get it right. We debate that. Like, it's not like, a, oh, of course, let's do it. Like, do you sure. want to have it go, the customer go through entering their emails twice? And the debate centers around what is best for the customer mm -hmm. not like does it make it harder for them to sign up or not it's like what is best for the customer mm -hmm. and that's the voice that pat and team bring to the table mm -hmm. so it's really it's really um i don't want to call it symbiotic that sounds cheesy but it's very just it's it's in the mix all the time and i think one of the benefits of having pat be part of the marketing team is to her point when she listens to campaigns that we're trying to plan or programs or initiatives that we're planning mm -hmm. She's the first one to tell like whether this will raise flags or not mm -hmm. or help her or not in her job. 
we're launching a new service in, in, uh, in the near future. And past team is at the front end of what that will look mm -hmm. like, because even as seamless as we believe it'll be for our customers, it's a change. Mm -hmm. And so customers will have questions whether like, where do I go? How does this work? And so past team is the one that has to be ready, not just in terms of resources, but in terms of answers to those customers. Mm -hmm. So it's been, um, it, it's a, it's a critical relationship. I have always found that CX and marketing, CX could fall in so many places. And yeah. Pat and I talked about this. It could be part of product. It could be part of marketing. Yeah. It could be a standalone of the organization. All of them work. What matters most is the way that it feeds from and it feeds to the other functions. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we found, I, I, I would say we found the right balance. Pat maybe may disagree, but hopefully she doesn't too much. I totally agree. I mean, we've only been working together. I mean, Pato said four to five months. That's an that's insane. It's not a lot of time, but I feel like already, you know, teams embedded, parts of my team are embedded with the rest of Pato's team. It's almost like from the point of the brand conception to every single touch point along the way, we're just kind of maybe not front and center, but definitely working with the teams that are creating those experiences. Yeah. And I'll say that out of the hundreds of organizations I've worked with, that is generally a really big pain point is all of a sudden the call center lights up and they're like, what was the marketing campaign? And there was never a correlation or conversation and, or even new policies are sent out or someone's getting something via email or whatever else. And then the call center is panicking, like what, what was said so that we can also say the same thing and be yeah. on the same page. But it's some of those unintended consequences that sound like Pat, you've already figured out of if this goes out, what will then be the reaction and how do we need to be able to respond or support the customers as well? I, I will say, honestly, the, the rest of Pato team is, is pretty customer centric too. So even if we're not present in a meeting, I feel like folks will flag, hey, we should consider what this might, how this might impact the customer. Maybe, you know, when they first receive this email message. And so then they might bring our team in, even if we're not part of the conversation. So it doesn't always originate, honestly, with CX. It, it could come from other parts of Pato's team as well. Yeah. 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 And I think even what you said, where, where it could fall. Right. And so we've had some conversations with people too, who say, well, what about product? Because a lot of times there's this big black box of the customer experience or contact centers where that's the front line of customers who are giving you information on what is working and what is not. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times that information isn't fed back to the product team to actually make changes or yeah. say, Oh, Hey, did we know that there was a broken button on our campaign or whatever yeah. it is? So it sounds like you guys have figured it out, but everyone should just have both of you on their team wherever they are because you guys, it's like... Yes. You... <laughs> if this whole Warner Brothers Discovery thing does not work out, we can we can totally do that. You guys are a dynamic duo, even though only working for with each other for a few months on specifically as a, as a group. But um, And so like when you, when you think about it, are there other things that you think about from a customer perspective that maybe people don't think about or you're thinking about differently? that you could help other companies, whether it's, the, you know, you talked about some of the data or how you're supporting customers. And we talked about AI and ChatGPT, like where are things going when you're thinking about how you're going to support customers differently with some of these new products? Um, I can start and Pat, I think, can give you a much more eloquent answer. <laughs> Before we get into systems and like tools like ChatGPT and all that stuff, mm -hmm. I, I the way that I tend to think about it is, there is transactional support mm -hmm. and the transactional voice of the customer. And you got to get that right, period. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't do that. The next level is these are all moments and opportunities to actually create brand ambassadors for us, mm -hmm. right? So yes, we can answer your question about an email or about a billing or about a piece of content, whatever it is, but we, we want to go 
and do more than that, right? Mm -hmm. We want people to leave that interaction and say, actually, this is a brand and a company that that has something there that I want yeah. to interact with, right? I think of brands like American Express who has built an entire reputation of great customer service mm -hmm. and they live up to it almost every single time. Yeah. So how do we do that so that beyond just answering your question, we're building a brand ambassador little bit by little bit by little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not just in how we answer the question, but it's in the tone that we answer mm -hmm. the question. It's in the, oh, by the way, yes, we helped you fix your billing statement, whatever it is. Did you know also that you can do this, this, and this? And so having a lot of the analytics on the back end that empowers Powers team to give you that next best action, mm -hmm. but do it in a way that feels completely natural. Like we're not trying to upsell you. We're not trying to do anything other than like have you have the best experience mm -hmm. with our product and service. Mm -hmm. From a tools perspective, Pat's team has been just I, I would say at the forefront and kind of thinking about everything from from social to to artificial intelligence to everything in between mm -hmm. um so pat i don't know maybe if you without giving away all the secret sauce <laughs> like what are the, some of the things that you've been thinking about i mean i i think some of it, it it starts with our advocates actually so are there little little conveniences that we can offer to them, right? To improve their quality of life, because to Pato's point, these are our ambassadors. So if we can support them and improve how they interact with our customers, that, it it sounds, sounds fundamental, but it, it really does make a difference. Um, you know, we, we, we tested a couple of tools and I won't get into the details, but it, I was actually surprised because originally when we approached it, it was a story of efficiency. So we were really trying to, you know, shave a minute here, like do, do some, do something on the efficiency train. Right. And what came back was sure the data was okay, but the feedback from our advocates was resounding. And so for us, that was really an aha moment. And talking with Pato, I remember when we first presented him the data, his immediate reaction was, well, okay, but what what is there to debate? Like, I mean, if, if it really means that big of much of a difference, right, to our advocates, then is it worth for, for us to really explore this further? So I think that is, you know, just foundational, making our advocates happy, getting them what they need so they can help our customers do what they do best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like you guys are very rational. You work together well, very pragmatic, data driven, which I think, you know, everyone aspires to be that, but it's it's really hard to do. But it seems like, I don't know, have you guys ever read um, Eleven Rings, the story about Phil Jackson leading the Chicago Bulls? Mm -hmm. Have you ever read that? No. Hey, he talks about building a team with love. It seems like you guys have kind of inherited some of that and just build a teams that really enjoy working together and trust each other. So when you have some of those difficult conversations, then it makes it an easier conversation. Yeah, I mean, look, I think Pat and I are very similar, but even more broadly, I think our leadership team, and, and I would go as far as like the culture that we're trying to build mm -hmm. as a company mm -hmm. is one where a brand and a culture is built one piece at a time, one yeah. brick at a time. And so it's every single conversation, it's every single interaction, every single thing that we do together. Mm -hmm. And that takes a lot of time. That can also be destroyed in a moment, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And when something goes wrong, if I stress out and stress Pat out, that's not going to help either one of us, right? Mm -hmm. um, but if we know and we trust each other as respective leaders in our own field, mm -hmm. then we don't need to worry about like, okay, does this person know what they're doing or not? It's about solving the actual problem, opportunity, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I, I think more broadly, and you know, Pat and, and I sit on a team with other great leaders in brand and creative and growth and media and analytics. And the, the thing that I think we all have in common 
is that A, we um, respect each other, mm -hmm. and B, we focus as much on leadership skills as we do on actual subject matter expertise skills. So mm -hmm. I will never doubt that Pat is a subject matter expert in CX, mm -hmm. 100%, yeah. right? She wouldn't be in this job if she wasn't, mm -hmm. right? What I want to invest in for each other yeah. is leadership skills so that when the teams under us need leaders, mm -hmm. we can show up. And I think what you're seeing here is just us, like, like it's, it's true, we've known each other for five months now, yeah. well, but I completely implicitly trust Pat in mm -hmm. what she needs to do. So when, when, you know, nine out of 10 times, actually 99 out of 100 times when she has a suggestion or something, I'm like, why are you even asking me? Like, of course, <laughs> right, let's, yeah, let's, let's go. And the conversations that are more fun, it's like more just strategically or open-ended, like mm -hmm. how should we solve for this big thing, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that, that's more fun, I think. Yeah. Uh, for, for us individuals, but also for the people that we both support, mm -hmm. which I think the most important thing for us, again, as leaders of these teams is we're here in service of the art teams, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. Like if, if ever we start having conversations that is detached from the teams that are yeah. that, that we are part of, then something's wrong. Yeah. You kind of stay to the, the why or what does the value of the organization bring to customers and what's important at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. And so, Pat, just to, to go back a little bit, I know without giving the secret sauce, I'll make sure to, to clarify that first. <laughs> but like when you're looking at some of the newer channels, the different ways to support, you know, you, there's it's such a fun brand. Like, you know, it's not something where, you know, I don't, I don't want to rag on any of our, our telco providers, but there's certain companies that you call or you're talking to or brands that you work with because you kind of have to, mm -hmm. where yours is something fun. People enjoy it. They're excited to, to see what you're up to, what the content is you're going to see, what the new artists have put out there, right? And so kind of thinking about that, you might think about like the social channels or how you support those customers maybe a little bit differently. So have you looked or like, what are you seeing or what's exciting to you in terms of like how you're supporting those customers maybe differently? Oh gosh, okay. I I think for me, what's most interesting about channels is, I mean, there's a lot, right? And just how do we continue to offer that optionality but still provide a cohesive and, and consistent continuous experience across all of them because probably somebody who reaches out, you know, on one channel is not always going to be reaching out to us on that same channel. And so how do we just build the connective tissue? And, you know, basically, you know, if you talk to one of us and you talk to another one of us the next day, how do we make sure that feels like you're really talking to the same person? I think that's what's interesting to me. And um, it's it's not an easy problem to solve. Um, I feel like it's definitely a work in progress, but certainly you know we're 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 trying new things to to make that better. Um, mm -hmm. uh, every, every day, really, yeah. Yeah, well, it's like the voice of the brand, right? Like even you were saying, even the tone, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So, like one of the customers I used to support our clients was Abercrombie Fitch, and there were always notices to the agents that like keep the brand sexy. You say hey instead of hi. Like there was very specific word choices and things that they. They chose, and I mean, I think it's with anyone who does a really good job of trying to embrace that customer viewpoint or what what the customer should hear, right? I think Coca Cola said we want to leave them with a taste of Coke in their mouth, like mm -hmm. we want them to be satisfied, like thinking about using our product. So when you think about it from a tone perspective, and having the merging of the different companies and pulling that together, like how how do you do that? Like how has that changed in terms of trying to give that voice? Yeah. When you have you know you have probably some differences in culture from the organization. It sounds like it's been going well putting it all together, but yeah. 
Well, look, there's what happens inside the walls from a cultural perspective, and that's what and what happens from a brand perspective to sure. consumers. And the two should be completely separate, right? From a brand perspective, the voice of HBO Max, the voice of Discovery Plus, today have distinct voices, mm -hmm. and we need to make sure that those voices are consistent all the time. And as we launch this new service, literally as we talk right now, we're kind of working through like, what is that tone of voice, mm -hmm. right? So it could be human, it could be witty, it could be informative, you know, all of those attributes, which is mm -hmm. great. But those are sort time and place, right? If you land on our landing page, mm -hmm. sure, we'll be a little bit more witty and a little bit more welcoming. But if you're, if you're calling because your credit card didn't go through mm -hmm. or you're getting a statement or a consent event, yeah. like that's not the time to be witty or funny. That's the time to be very you know, serious and, and straightforward. Mm -hmm. So that's the voice, like, like, like people, right? Yeah. Sometimes you and I have fun and we're having a, yeah. a light conversation. We're joking. Sometimes it's a little bit more serious. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with a brand. I think of a brand as like, it's, it's a virtual person mm -hmm. and it has different shapes and different times of a conversation, depending on who you're talking to and what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But kind of back to how I started, that's the brands that are customer facing. Mm -hmm. Our internal company culture if that ever makes it out to customers, wow, that's a fail. That is yeah. a complete fail. Um, and I, I'm, Pat can hopefully agree that I don't think we've, we've, we've had the one bleed into the other, but also our company culture. When we merged about a year ago now, it actually wasn't just a merger of Discovery with Warner Media. Warner Media was the sum of many companies because of its history that had multiple cultures. So it's actually not just two cultures to coming mm -hmm. together. It's, it's like four or five, whatever it is. And, you know, David Zaslov, who's our CEO, has been very clear and very direct that this is one company mm -hmm. with one culture and one team. Mm -hmm. And I think we've all appreciated it, regardless of where we came from in, in this merger. Um, and I think what you're seeing here between Pat and I, is a little bit of a microcosm where we're kind of like enjoying it, enjoying mm -hmm. being part of one team. Um, and whether it's us or with the product teams or finance or the content groups, mm -hmm. it's one team. Um, and I, I think that's what makes it fun to come to work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. You don't even know what day it is. You're yeah. not like, oh, it's Sunday. Oh, it's tomorrow. Yeah. 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 That's great. So one of the things we like to ask too on the show is like one of the hashtags we say is like, stay wild. Like, you know, kind of staying away from corporate tape, staying out of your box, like, you know, do it like what makes it like you know, fun, either personally, professionally, like, is there something that you guys do for fun? Maybe people would be surprised about to like, so people can get to know you a little bit better or something people don't know about you, maybe hobbies or anything you do to kind of have a little bit more fun. Pat, Other what do you do? Work, Pat, like what do you do for fun? fun? I love do, to do dance. You? I love dancing. Dance? Yes. Okay. I love dancing. What kind of dance? What kind oh. of music? Oh. oh, electronic. Electronic. Okay. We have a lot of those big fans on the production crew here too. Oh, so we, we jam out to that. some of that. Yeah. We can hang out, yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. I like I, it. I get to see Pat dance, by the way. We're, we're, that's going to oh. have to happen sometime soon. Maybe after the launch. <laughs> Maybe after we're the all, launch. We're going to go dance. Will she be here Tuesday? What's happening on Tuesday? The 100th anniversary? Oh, uh, I don't think she's coming out on Tuesday. No, there's oh, a lot okay. of people. Well, maybe her. Maybe she'll be here dancing, and that's one of the surprises. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right. That's, <laughs> that, would be, that would be a surprise, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> like, uh, what's going on here? <laughs> okay, so, so how about you? Do you dance? What do you do for fun? I, I, <laughs> I do dance really well. I've danced professionally for 14 years. <laughs> yeah, salsa? Yeah, oh it's salsa. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can but you I'm, give us a glimpse? Of but that? I'm left-footed, so it's really weird. Yeah. Oh. No. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe she's got right foot. You got left. 
but yes. guys can just balance oh, each other yes. out. Um, Pat's really laughing, so she has must like, she must have seen you dance at some point, no. and it maybe maybe you need to take lessons. No, I think Pat Pat is laughing at me right now, not with yeah. me, which is kind of weird. Okay. So stop it. Um, no, I mean honestly, like I don't know. You you know me for a while now. I try not to take myself too seriously. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think there's a lot of upside in doing that. Um, well, life's short. It keeps yeah. it fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, work. There's a lot of times where we have to be serious, and there's a lot of things yeah. that we have to do. But I think humor is a great mm-hmm. stress reliever. Um, we we like to have fun as much as we can. Uh, you know, outside of work, like uh, I, I like to think of myself as somewhat athletic, but not talented. <laughs> so okay. I will try a lot of things, but I'm not quite good at any of them, which is fine. I've okay. accepted it. But you do surfing now, right? So I, 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 that's one of the things that I've tried that I, I've tried to do, but I would say I'm not particularly talented. So okay. if I don't drown, it's a win. It's a good thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're, we're glad you're here yeah. today. Yeah, yeah. And it, we're also glad it's not shark week or anything. If you're out there, with, yes. you know, probably don't want those two blending together either. No, no. no. But I, I mean, honestly, I know this is going to sound super cheesy, but I genuinely enjoy going into the office most days. Like every people, every person, there's a day. So they like, Ugh. but it's just fun. It's yeah. like, like the product that we get to work on, like it's some of the best content literally in the world. One, two, it's some of the most beloved brands and franchises that we get to invest and protect and build, mm-hmm. which is just incredible. And three, which is for me, probably the most amazing part is I get to work with incredible people mm-hmm. like Pat and our leadership team. But well beyond that, like like the the average individual contributor who's been in the workforce for two or three years, I learned so much from every one of them, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's very energizing. It's yeah. it's uh, you might not be able to tell, but I'm 120, but they keep me young. They really keep me young. <laughs> it so must be both yes, it, it is. Yes, yes, I'm crying right now, but you can't tell. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's fun. Like I've seen, and I know there's a lot of hard work behind the scenes and what you guys have all pulled together. And even just hearing like the last four to five months, what you've already pulled together within the two organizations, I think is like astounding. Um, but it also sounds like, you know, you have a lot of, a lot of fun on the way. Cause I, you know, so follow some of the different Instagram or social accounts and, you know, you have some of these really fun Comic-Con events or just some of these other things where you also get to give people a glimpse into what it's like behind the scenes of the brand too, not just what they see, you know, on their devices yeah. as well. Yeah. So yeah. Do you guys have a favorite show or actor, actress? Like, is there anything, or you guys can't, you have to plead the fifth on that one. Mm, that's hard. I, I always like to shout out high maintenance though, just because I love a good New York story. And you know, <laughs> that is, that show just, I, I have very few do it as as good as that one did. So mm-hmm. I would like to give it a little bit of shine. Um, I mean, there's a lot of shows that I love, including Succession right now, which mm-hmm. is so much fun. I think The Last of Us, I was surprised by how much I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm not big into zombies or, or video games, but yet the way that the story was told was so good. There's a couple of shows that are actually um, done by our television business unit mm-hmm. that are not on our service that I think are just fabulous. One is Ted Lasso. Oh, I love Ted Lasso. Um, and the second one is called uh, Shrinking, okay. which is it's same Ted Lasso vibes are just positive, just, you know, built on good people trying to do good things. Hmm. Um, so those two shows are, are kind of high on my list. Okay. Uh, so why Shrinking if it sounds like it's trying to like, because it's about sh- shrinks, like oh, psychologists. Shrink, shrink. Okay, yes, I, gotcha. yeah. I was thinking size. 
no, like no, 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 not size. No, 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 just like literally shrinks. But it's like a, it. it's a really, really well told story. The first season just ended, so I'm, okay. I'm a little sad, but I'm I'm sure it will come again soon. Yeah. It's so good. I thought I think it was it last week that you took me to it. Yeah, I started watching it. It's so good. Shrinking. Isn't it good? It's so good. Surprising. It's it's like the, it's a it's like half hour and like. Routinely, I will laugh and cry in the same episodes. Like, yeah, so really good. lots of emotions, touching all those yes. emotions. Yeah, there. that's great. Well, and I know, like, one, like, a couple other questions. So, like, when you you came from like Hulu and some of the other, and streaming has changed so much, and every like that's just like a constant change. Every day is probably different. And you're always looking ahead of like what's coming up and how customers are changing. Like, is there anything you'd say from a like where you think it's like how you're managing that constant change on a daily basis or weekly basis just to kind of stay within where you're trying to drive customers and trying to drive the brand revenue and everything. Yeah. Uh, look, sometimes we are reacting to it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we're creating the change. Mm -hmm. Things are happening at a macro level, like between pay TV and streaming that, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's a picture that is kind of being developed as we speak. As more people leave linear, um, they go to streaming services. And so we have to react as a business to what that looks like. And so in previous worlds and until literally last year, most streamers were all about subscriber growth. If you look, if you talk to HBO Max or Disney Plus or Hulu, where I, where I had a chance to work at, it was all about subscriber growth at almost any cost. Mm -hmm. And things like linear or theatrical seemed to take a back seat because it was just all about streaming. Sure. The world kind of woke up last year and said, wait a minute, this is really not sustainable, nor is it really a profitable business. Mm -hmm. How do we rethink about our distribution and make sure that content can live on theatrical and streaming and linear and in, in multiple windows? Sure. Um, it's good for the business. It's good for consumers. So that's an example of like things that are happening mm -hmm. where we can um, influence it, but we don't, we don't dictate it because it's just at an industry level. We get to create things like um, this new service, right, that's mm -hmm. coming out. It's not just about a net new streaming service. I think the world has enough streaming services as they are. So the question is like, why are you doing this? And the reality is there's actually too many streaming services. Mm -hmm. So we believe deeply that the new streaming service that we will launch, that is this combination of HBO Max and Discovery Plus, brings together the best of content from all these worlds. Yeah. So as a consumer, you may watch, um, I don't know, I'm making it up, The White Lotus at night, and then the day after, you may want to watch Fixer Upper because there's just different sides of you, mm -hmm. and you're in different moods, and you have different needs, right? Mm -hmm. And that's totally cool. And we want to embrace that, but we embrace it, not but, we embrace it by giving you the best for each of those moods. Mm -hmm. And we can say that with really high confidence because we have iconic franchises across all categories, mm -hmm. drama, movies, docs um unscripted across all of them mm -hmm. and it's a white space that we can really own because you have companies like netflix who um have an incredible library incredible library but does not have the depth of the franchises and i and iconic brands that we've built over decades literally mm -hmm. taking decades and on the other side you have companies like disney who have amazing franchises like marvel and star wars and pixar mm -hmm. but their focus is on family Sure. And they do a fabulous job of that. So this is not about saying one is bad or anything. It's just mm -hmm. we feel like we're in this perfect spot in the middle where we can bring all of these great iconic franchises and our worlds can meet yours. This mm -hmm. is kind of marketing speak. But 
um, and do it in a way where you're like, oh my God, if I'm going to sit in front of the TV and I see all those tiles of all those streamers and you don't really know what you want to watch next, we kind of want you to pick the, not kind of, we want you to pick the new service because we want you to believe that the probability of finding something good mm-hmm. is higher with us than it is with anyone, than, than it is with any other service. So how everything I just described to you is us creating a positioning of a service because mm-hmm. at the most basic level, you could say, oh, but you're just taking content from here, putting it here and you're done. In some ways that's kind of true, but that, that would be such a disservice to not only what we're doing, but the value that we can bring to consumers. So there's a lot of this work in terms of how we position ourselves in the market. Um, and, you know, look, last year for the industry was a hard year. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Warner Brothers Discovery, it was a tough year with the merger. There's a lot of things that happened with the merger. and You have redundancies and cost savings, and there's a lot of things that we have to course correct. But as we sit here in 2023, we look back and say, man, those were things that we really had to do to be in a better place now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's still a lot of hard work to, to be done ahead of us and nothing's guaranteed. But I say here so much more confident than I did maybe a year ago mm-hmm. on kind of where we go. And it's not by luck. It's not because of what the industry told us to do. It's because what we decided to do, starting with our CEO, David, on down to make decisions that may have not been popular at the time, mm-hmm. but are starting to pay off dividends now. And we all feel that momentum happening. So mm-hmm. I don't even remember what the original question was, but you, you obviously triggered better. something there. <laughs> I, I love yeah. the passion behind it. And yeah. I don't know, I kind of rambled on with my question. So it's great that you answered <laughs> a way better question than I probably missed. Um, so yeah, no, I think that's great. And I think it gives people insights too to what, what you're really doing versus just probably what they maybe see surface level, but really giving them some of those insights yeah. as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So any other last words, anything else you guys want to share and, you know, anything that you'd say advice either from a career or kind of merging of brands or like, where, like, how do they drive more fun into work? Is there any advice you'd give someone else who's kind of listening to the show? Look, I, I will say like two things. One, this, this experiment of having CX and marketing be in the same team for us has proven to be really successful. Mm-hmm not just because of the functions, but I think also how we think culturally as teams and how we work together. So I I, I wouldn't go as far as saying that that should be the model for every company, but I will say that in this specific instance, it's worked and it's worked really well. Yeah. And just to go back to what you were saying before too, making that big pivot in an organization and trying to like, people will say like, turn the ship or whatever that is, is really hard. So it sounds like, you know, last year or whatever, you made some of those tough decisions or, you know, made some critical changes that most people don't do or maybe don't do soon enough. And then you're just going too far out of the, out of the gate. So yeah. it, it's great that you guys thought ahead because there, I think, I think right now there's so many brands right now who are really struggling, who didn't think far enough ahead. And now they're kind of going through some of that as well in, in all various industries. Yeah. I mean, look in full transparency, this wasn't a strategic deliberate decision to move it together. We had some organizational changes. We said, mm-hmm. Hey, let's try this. And it worked. So I don't want anybody out there to think more than that, what it actually was, because mm-hmm. just in the spirit of not only of transparency, but in like sometimes to happen because you plan it, sometimes they just happen opportunistically. This was the latter and it was all good. Yeah. So well, and it sounds like you both have like an insatiable curiosity or you love to learn from each other, learn from teams. It doesn't matter like who, where, what in an organization, you're, you're constantly trying to learn from each other, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. And look, I think that to answer that your question, the, the other thing that I would say is part of learning and curiosity has to come with a higher rate, acceptable rate of failure. Mm-hmm. 
Because if you're if you're getting it right every single time, then you're just literally not trying hard enough, yeah. right? To to do something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think most of the moments in this job and just in general where I've had the biggest learning moments were actually through failures, not mm-hmm. successes. Yeah. Um, so th- that's one thing that I try and remind myself, and we all try and remind each other mm-hmm. of is we do this process called OKRs, objectives and key results, and they are meant to have a 30 to 40% failure rate. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're higher than that, then we're sandbagging. <laughs> so we don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I think overall, it's been it's been a great, great ride, and I feel very lucky to be on the same team as Pat. So Yeah. Oh, so, I'm feeling the love, even though we're very, like thousands of miles away, Pat, right? Uh, but it's really great to see, you know, how much you guys can trust each other, work in an organization where you guys can really make it not feel like work and it's fun and, you know, the customers feel it on the other end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for your time. We loved having you on. We appreciate all of your time and joining us, you know, late at night in New York. <laughs> so, um, you guys, you know, it's been a joy and I'm sure everyone who's going to listen in will find lots of entertainment and value out of it. Awesome. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank I you. Pop- Bye, I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And that's our show. CX and Chill is a production of Exo Studios, a division of ExtendOps. With hosts Stephanie Todd, producers David Spear, Clarissa Coronado, and Memo Devalos, and editors and videographers Carlos Alfonso and Santiago Aguirre. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out next time for more CX and Chill.